0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey friend,
1: it's Nicole, host of the Nicole Walters podcast. Here's where we laugh, we cry, and we grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, I am so excited About our chat. So even having every single week, these are good. I mean, if you are just tuning in for the first time, make sure you go back and listen to our last episodes. They have been just dynamic, full of information. Honestly, I always talk about how social media is living life in black and white. And what's great about these conversations is they're full color. You know, we're able to dive in deeper, share more. And it's just been really great chatting with you guys and learning and sharing and and all the good stuff. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, uh, recently we've started sort of our, I don't want to call it the new format, but just keeping it kind of spicy. So this isn't just a story time situation. In our chats now, we're handling a little bit of Q&A. So you guys are asking me amazing, incredible questions that I've been so excited to give you answers for, whether it is the tough talks or challenging things that you're dealing with in your life or your family or your business Um, Or just asking me questions about what you've seen online and you want to know more. And, you know, I always aim to be as transparent as possible while still respecting my boundaries and my family's boundaries. And then also making sure that I'm always sharing with you what I do know when I know it, because oftentimes people have a tendency to share their scabs and not wait until their scars, you know, and I always like to make sure I have a full understanding of what's happening before I get out there. So it's great because these questions are really helping, I think, deepen our relationship, but also help everyone get a clearer picture of not just what it looks like to build a business and manage a family and grow as an individual in this world, which is Lord knows what we're all trying to do, (laughs) but also um, hopefully improve all of our lives. So I appreciate all of you. And I'm so grateful that you're here week after week. And this week's chat, oh, my word, is so, so good. So we'll obviously kick off with a little Q&A and we'll talk a little bit about not making yourself content. But then we're going to chat because we have a special guest. Now, you know, I don't do a lot of interviews here, but I really only ever want to introduce people to you that I think have valuable stories. Not just valuable names, not just valuable accomplishments, but real messages that I think are going to add value to your life. And there are so many different podcasts you can listen to that are playing on who's the big fancy pants person. But honestly, we all have worth in this world. We all have experiences that we've been delivered from by God's grace that we can share from. And that's what I'm excited to share with you. So today's guest is incredible. I'll let you learn a little bit more about them later. Just Someone I ran into randomly here in Los Angeles because this city is full of talent and full of stories. And all I could think was, you have got to come on here and talk to my people. My friends would love you. And there's just so much that you've been through that can really, really help them where they are today. So stick around for that. Instead of our usual story time, I'm going to have someone special here on here who's going to just blow your minds. But before I do that, I wanted to answer some questions from y'all because you are amazing. You're always following me on Instagram at Nicole Walters. And if you know, I always post the link up there so you guys can leave me a message at any time. And you can leave me a voice. And then, if you leave a voicemail, I may answer your question here on the podcast. And there's no limit to what the questions are. So, I mean, honestly, you can hop on there and leave whatever you want. And um, I just try to get to them when I can get to them. So, this question came in from Jamie, and I am so excited about it because it's a business question, which is so fun. And I also think it'll help a lot of you guys. So, uh, let's hear what Jamie had to say.
2: Hi, Nicole. My name is Jamie Sue. And I do taxes. I work at a family practice. It's my parents, two of my daughters, and one of my daughter's friends. And year round, it's just my parents, me, and my oldest daughter, and the other two girls. Um, We've just taken them on this year. And we don't really have work for them year round, but we would love for them to come back next year. And so we don't really want to lose them. So we're kind of trying to figure out what we can do, they could use our office space, but maybe there's some work that they could do by themselves to support themselves, but then still be available to come back to us next year. Our practice is in a retirement community. And so my dad was thinking, well, maybe they could offer some elder care services or something like that. We've even thought about paying for them to go to school, and get some more education since they are very young girls. Also, I just like five minutes ago was thinking that maybe they become qualified to become notary signing agents. Um, I'm currently a notary and I hate it, but um, I know notary signing agents make a whole lot more money than just a regular notary, and it could be something that would be beneficial in our job in the tax field anyways, because sometimes we have clients who need things to be notarized. And so anyways, just curious if you had any feedback on what these girls could do the other nine months out of the year when we don't have taxes for them to do. Thank you. Love you. you. So
1: I love this question. And I think a lot of us who are business owners or looking to take on interns or someone who can help support our work can understand and relate to this problem. And as a business owner myself, as the founder of Inherit Learning Company, which is my e-commerce company, you can learn more about that at InheritLearning.com. We deal with this all the time. And I think One thing we can all relate to is if you find someone great, you don't want to lose great talent. It is hard to manage people and it is hard to keep people on board. So if you find someone who's excellent, you want to keep them. And I can understand that. But because we all run businesses, we can't just pay you for sharpening pencils and looking good around the office. So if you're saying that you have what's known as a company that has seasonality or that is cyclical, meaning that our business comes in in different seasons, like maybe we peak during Christmas or we peak during tax season. Well, I want to let you know that first and foremost, that is an issue in your business itself. You want to make sure you have a business that's able to generate revenue year round. So that's the thing that needs fixed, if you will. And the ticket to that might be some of these employees that you want to keep on. Now, in this particular situation with Jamie, I love hearing that she's trying to nurture a younger generation to be able to learn some skills to hopefully stay in the business and maybe continue on themselves. So bravo, Jamie. I love your giving and gracious heart. Uh, Here's what I recommend for you. I think that you have a great opportunity to use these young, brilliant, tech savvy people to start bringing in more business into what you have right now. So a great place for them to stand is social media. They could be gathering clients, building out email lists, tightening up websites. They could be working on establishing your social media, building up a storyline around your brand and generally helping grow your business and establish your clients all year round. And outside of that, from a more tactical standpoint, I think it would be a great idea for them to become notaries, especially since you're located within a retirement community. There is a constant need, especially around estate planning, for people to come in and notarize. So I think that's a great idea for them to have as a back pocket talent, particularly if it's something you want to get off of your plate because you hate it. So I think that's a great, great idea in terms of a more tactical skill. But I think there's a great opportunity here for you to kind of allow them to leverage some of their natural young people talents to help bring and grow your business into 2022 so if you know that you have some interns that you're sitting around saying what can they do think outside the box y'all don't think just about what you're doing every single day that you may want to delegate but can't because they're not as qualified think about what their skills are that they have in-house and how you can apply those to your business so that's my advice jamie i think it'll work out great and feel free to follow up because i can't wait to hear from you hi nicole
3: i have a quick question for you I have a friend that I've known since I was 18 years old, since sophomore year in college. I am now 54. And we've done a lot of things together. She has three children. I have two. Her children are older than mine. But long story short, within the last seven years, we've struggled with our friendship. With me, I feel putting more effort in than her. And most recently, we both work in healthcare. Both have been overloaded with, you know, the surges. Um, both managing healthcare operations. And long story short, she has stopped speaking to me because we had somewhat of a falling out on a phone call one day. And I have done everything. I've apologized. I have reached out to her, and she just has not responded. Now, this is not the first time that she has stopped speaking to me in our lifetime. Actually, this is probably the third time. And at this point, I just am exhausted with the relationship because I feel like I've always taken so many steps towards her. And I guess I just want to know, do you think I should try to continue to pour into this relationship or should I just let it go?
1: Wow. Oh, I could hear both the grief and the love in your voice uh, for this relationship. And I think all of us have been there at some point in time where we have had a friendship that has expired. And I always like to frame it that way because, you know, it's painful to think that, you know, it happened because of any particular thing. And yes, there may be a falling out that is the sort of the big bang that causes everything to move and shift in a more permanent way. But ultimately, I think we all know that with any relationship, whether it is a career or a marriage or a friendship or even parental, there are usually a lot of little things that happen along the way that lead to that one big moment. So no matter what, my heart goes out to you, Myra, because I know that that's difficult and hard to bear. Now, all that being said, I kind of want to reframe it a bit. Because since it is an expiry and based on what you're saying, it sounds to me like this friendship has been struggling for a little while. There have been transitions that have happened. And um, one of my favorite boundary experts and therapists, Dr. Uh, Nedra Tawab, who's available on Instagram under that name, she talks all the time about how you know so many relationships are not meant to be forever. And uh, based on fairy tales and Disney, you would think that you find your dream person and you connect to them for a lifetime. But, uh, you know, some people are friends for a reason and some people are friends for a season. And it just sounds like the season has transitioned. And furthermore, you know, it also sounds like you've gotten a lot of clarity around some of your values and your boundaries. You express that you want a friend who's able to engage with you whenever there are activities or uh, things because you work in healthcare, you know, that you guys are able to do together. And you also express that when you have falling outs or difficult moments, you want a friend that's able to communicate, who's able to have a conversation with you to maybe work through those issues. And then lastly, you also expressed that you came with a lot of forgiveness and you used language to try to um, rebuild the friendship and make things okay. And unfortunately, your friend didn't respond with grace or maybe wasn't even open to or ready to um, you know, warm her heart to the situation. So while it sounds like you've done everything you can to lean in, There is some merit to understanding that you're deserving too. And it just may be time to let this one go. Now, that's not easy to think, especially with a long friendship. But what I always try to remember is that what God removes, he also replaces. And what's a beautiful thing is we all have a lot of life left. And so you may not have even met the best friend that you're going to say at your end of days, this person's been by my side for 20, 30 years, and I couldn't imagine a life without them. So it's my prayer that you find that person. And of course, as you transition in this time, that you have ease in your heart. Thank you so much for sending that question. And of course, I know it'll work out just fine. So I... Love these questions. I love that they run the gamut. I love that you guys ask me about everything from babies to bodies to business. So just keep that stuff coming. You guys are incredible. I appreciate you. You can always drop your questions on Instagram. I've got the link up there. You can click there, leave me a voicemail, and I will pull any questions. You know, I'm not doing crazy filtering. It's just kind of have I answered it before? And no filter. Don't worry about feelings. I'm a big girl. Send it my way, and I'll answer what I can answer for you because I love sharing my answers. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about Don't Make Yourself content. Now, this is a segment that we do every single week where basically I think you guys can relate to it. Crazy things happen in this world. We see it happen and we're like, what on earth is this thing? And I don't know about you. I'm feeling like we're living in a world more and more where it feels like good sense is gone, where I'm like, I don't know if I was just raised differently or if I just look at things funny, but it feels like wasn't this not okay, and shouldn't it be talked about? So I love taking something that is a hot piece of content, meaning we're seeing it all over social, it's trending, you name it, and just being clear and real about the truth of it. So I can't think of anything better to talk about than what happened at the Oscars. And I know you're hearing it on so many podcasts. You're hearing so many chats, so much back and forth of people saying, oh, well, you know, this happened, this was right, this was wrong. But I want to take a different angle at it. And I think you guys will understand also, at the end of the day, when there is a Awesome opportunity to receive accolades and recognition for your accomplishments. The last thing you want to do is make yourself content. The last thing you want to do is make yourself something that's talked about in a negative light. And I think we all can collectively agree that that's what happened and it wasn't a good thing. I will let you know that under no circumstances do I condone violence, do I condone bullying. There is no circumstance whatsoever where it is ever okay to physically hit, touch, assault another person, period, ever. So that being said, in this circumstance, I want to talk about the bothness of it all. And you guys have heard me say this. I have tough talks online. I think that we've gotten into a place in our life right now where whenever something occurs where it may be made content, we all feel like we have to pick a side. We all have to get polarized. And that's the thing that I want to talk about here. I want to talk about the fact that we're not acknowledging the bothness of this situation. So, yes, Will was wrong. He knows that. The academy knows that. Chris knows that. His mama knows that. Everybody knows he was wrong, dead wrong. Chris was wrong. Yes, he's a comedian. Yes, it's his work. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, poking fun at a woman's appearance. Hopefully, I'm hoping he didn't know that there was a medical need behind it. Um, and I'd like to be inclined to think that he wouldn't have done what he did if he knew that. But nevertheless, not the best call, particularly considering the history of Black women in our hair and just all the uh, weight behind women in their appearances. Our, our appearances really shouldn't be conversation, let alone something we poked fun at. So that wasn't right either. I think that where we start getting polarized is where we start saying to ourselves, well, which one was more wrong? And if one was more wrong, then it would warrant an action that is either equally wrong or wronger. And I got to let you know that I just don't agree with that. I just don't. I think what happened was terrible, but it was also human. It was a escalation of emotions where the outcome of it was painful and my heart goes out to Chris Rock, who's now in a situation where, you know, his Wikipedia was updated with this, you know, controversy that he didn't ask for. And I think that's unfortunate because he now has this thing to talk about. We don't talk about trauma, but he's a 57-year-old man, you know, who was at work and he's he's been on the Oscar stage many, many times. He's worked for a very, very long time to build the career he has where he's able to get on stages like that. Being in LA, there are comedians right now who are doing improv and working really hard to hopefully be in the place that Chris Rock is in right now. He is known as a legend in this space. No matter how you feel about the quality of work that he does, he is known as somebody who has worked very hard. You can never minimize how hard someone has worked to get where they are. Unfortunately, now, as a almost 60-year-old man, this is part of his story, and he didn't ask for it. And so... In that situation, it's really sad, especially because he was, you know, misspoke. He, as a comedian, went too far, which is part of treading the line of his work. It's unfortunate it happened and this was the outcome. And then, you know, the same applies to Will. Here is somebody who has spent his entire life building up to his first Oscar. Ugh, how heart wrenching. Not to mention he is well known as being one of the nicest kindest most generous people in Hollywood I mean I can tell you I have had the opportunity to work with a lot of people I haven't worked with Will specifically but there have been overlaps and I have heard nothing but incredible things how he remembers everyone's name on set how he's very generous and making sure people are well fed and well cared for and paid how he's constantly developing talent mentoring people extending opportunities he is known for being someone who is gracious and humble too, on top of all of it. And it's just so sad to see that both of these men have had to overcome so much to get where they are. And this interaction between the two of them is something that has become a defining point or a discussion point in their career. And it's one of the things where I just want to say, you know, in terms of not making yourself content, there are times where even though someone has made themselves content, what we should be discussing is the humanity of it all. That despite the fact that you may be famous or rich or wealthy or have high visibility or you're good looking or you're an influencer or you, you know, rub elbows with the fancy folk, whatever it is, my God, we are human. We are human. We make mistakes. We misspeak. We tread into territory. We cross boundaries. We become emotional. We get aggressive. But You, friend, I hope you hear me when I say this, are so much more than your lowest moment. And so while that low moment may be something that you deserve consequences for, and it may be something that you need to reflect on, and it may be a moment of growth for you, it's critically important that despite what the world may say turning you into content, that you recognize that your worth has not changed that there's nothing you have done between when you wake up to when you go to sleep that increased or decreased your worth you are worthy right now and it's my hope that in looking at moments like this content things like go crazy over you know people who have built a history of of knowing who they are and showing up consistently That when people have off days, that we also acknowledge that they may have just had an off day because they are human, rather than immediately saying that they're canceled or that they're no good or that you're over them or that they're done. Things are getting out of hand with that a little bit. We're so quick to throw away people. And um, I'm not saying that Will gets a pass just because he's him or Chris gets a pass just because he's him. I'm saying let's trust who people have shown themselves to be consistently and then afford them the grace of knowing that they're human. And know that that speaks volumes, not just about them, but about who we are. So, Will, Chris, they made themselves content, and hopefully we can learn from it so we don't make ourselves content. So I have to let you know, I am so excited about this episode. And the reason why I am is because, one, you guys know I don't do interviews a lot. So I I told you earlier that I've got someone cool who's on here, but what we're going to talk about is something that you guys have seen on social media and around the world so much. If you're new here, you may not have caught it, but I have a squad. <laughs> I have a squad. It's my girl squad. Listen to season 1 of the Nicole Walters podcast episode 10. You needed this yesterday. And I talked in detail about my girl squad. Now, it's cheesy to call it this, but there's four of us, uh Nikki, Jada, Jen, and myself, and we've been friends now for I want to say five years. I'm glad they're not here because they would they would call me out on it. And maybe I'll have them on, you know, later to talk about some stuff because they're incredible. But we are all mamas. We all have a business, you know, and we're very similar people, but we're all very different in personality. And needless to say, definitely go back and listen to that episode. But you all know how hard I'm sure you understand this. It can be to not either get friends after 30 or to maintain friendships after 30 and maintaining meaning still continuing to get together to hang out to fit them in between the kids and the clothes and the everything else but also to maintain them in terms of being there for each other in terms of becoming vulnerable with other women you know that is something that i think we don't talk about enough i talk about it in episode 10 but it's true it can be really really difficult and challenging To, especially if you've been hurt trust wise with other women, to allow yourself to deepen and have those relationships. So, when I met my girl squad, we decided with intentionality that we were going to do life together. And that meant being honest about where we are, where we wanted to go, holding each other accountable, but also holding space for love and reception of things that we may not want to hear. So, in having this relationship with my girls, you know, I've grown so much and it's just been a real blessing. They have been with me through um issues with my, my older children, which having adopted older girls, they have a lot of complexities. They've been with me through mid-tiny. My 19-year-old, when she was 17, was diagnosed with stage four cancer. She's fine now, mamas, in case you didn't listen to that episode. But that was... A journey that they walked with me as well. They've been with me through my own health issues. They've been with me. I mean, it has just been such a blessing to have a girl squad. And I can tell you one thing I never think about that we're going to talk about and dive into in today's episode is what do you do when you've had people in your life that have served a role kind of like a girl squad or kind of like a best friend? but it's time to let them go. Meaning these people have been in your life for so long that you don't really know what life is without them. But you also recognize that you may be changing and you may be evolving or you're not finding as much joy in that relationship anymore. And you're saying to yourself, hey, maybe it's time for me to look into something else. And that's not easy. I mean, we spend so much time looking at our, you know, monthly subscription bills to figure out what we need to cut or looking at the scale, figuring out what we need to lose or looking at, you know, our kids' grades, figuring out what they need to improve. But how much time do we spend really looking at our list of friends and saying, look, is this person a value add or are they subtracting joy? And so that is what I want to do today. The guest that I have on, Alex Chilog, is fantastic. Being in LA, I've had the opportunity to meet the coolest people. I mean, it's. So different from the corporate world, where you know you might only meet or see the same people in your cube every single day. But working in this industry has been such a blessing to me because I get to meet the most dynamic people at events, at parties, through clients. And there's always like musicians around. I mean, literally the Barista at Starbucks, you know, probably does like a show three times a week, you know? And you know me, I'm Chatty Kathy. I'm always making friends with everyone. And Alex was one of those people. We were at an event and he just started chatting me up about some of the transition he was going through. And Lord knows people just spill on me. And, and when he started talking, talking about some of his friendships as a precursor to his purpose ah now you're like oh okay Nicole okay (laughs) you know because I'm always asking people are you in your purpose you know or do you love the work that you're doing does it make your heart sing and for him he just started going into how the friends he was selecting was essential to where he is today as a musician I remember the first time I met you and you were telling me which this you're not the first one but people whenever they meet me and I'm sure a lot of people listening right now know this I very quickly become like a best friend you know like everyone just starts telling me all their things and all that and the first time we met I mean pretty quickly you were telling me about some of the changes that had happened in your life regarding friendship and not bad stuff per se but just a lot of intentionality and that's actually what this episode is about. Yeah. It's all about being intentional especially as adults with who we have around us and the choices we're making and how they impact not just us personally within our own growth, but also within our business and our careers. So I'm so excited that you're here. But before I dive into all your stuff, it's guys, it's so, so good. Tell me a little bit more about you. You live in L.A. and what do you do out here?
4: I do live in L.A. Born, <laughs> I'm born and raised originally one of the few.
1: That is rare. I that is know. Rare.
4: And uh, my main bag I play trombone. So okay. couple that with. You know, being from LA, I'm I don't know with, if I thinking, know any
1: trombone. It's weird. Players. It's
4: just, exactly it's just all weird. Are there it's a lot of you out here? Is
1: that like a thing? <laughs> um,
4: it's not a thing, but <laughs> but it's a thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I play trombone, I do horn arranging, orchestral arranging and string writing, um, work oh, on my own cool. projects, but Yeah, mostly freelancing for different artists, Mm -hmm. recording sessions, different kinds of bands of all different kinds of styles. And
1: it's so cool coming to L.A. just like for work and stuff. One of the things that I've learned is that there's just so many different people that are required to make something happen, you know? So like, so everyone here is in the industry one right, way or another, right. <laughs> but they're all, you know, playing really different roles. So I think that when you think musician, a lot of us instantly think lead singer, you know what I mean? Right. But the truth is, I mean, it takes so many people just like you. And how did you even get into that? Did you go to school for that? Or is do uh, you go to school for trombone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. i feel like this is a family show i gotta be careful like, right. Or or whatever, right.
4: But. right oh i've heard it all believe me yeah i know, <laughs> I've heard I know it all. but
1: just in case the kids are listening right okay. in case the
4: kids yes. um yeah i picked it up like in third grade and i just you know i was a big kid for my age so i had the long arms and they're like okay. oh trombone is good for you coupled with the fact that it can just make ridiculous sounds and, you know, I'm a so, ridiculous like, person. Oh, so it's just, it just kind of like, you know, we felt a good it match It went together. There. It was just a good match.
1: So you hear that. Okay. Any mamas out there who are wondering about your kids and instruments in the future, let them play what they want to play. Let them play what they want to play. Yes.
4: And, you know, that's what I do for a living full time now. So that's incredible. who would have figured? That's you know incredible. what That's I mean? like, <laughs> incredible. That's
1: incredible. And you went to school for that. Like it was like. I did.
4: I went to school. I went to Berkeley College of Music playing trombone while I was there. I also I did uh, film scoring, oh, which is what cool. I got my major in. So I figured I'm going to be playing regardless. Might as well pick up a new skill along the way. So I did film scoring and which I worked in for a bit, but now focusing on performance and that's working out pretty well. So
1: That's awesome. (laughs) So, I mean, just a little detour. I mean, we're about to talk about the friend stuff more, but I think what's cool about that is, you know, we're hearing that no matter what you're doing, no matter what career you're in, whether you're an entrepreneur, you're still figuring yourself out. No matter what, we're all dealing with the same sort of stuff, you know, which is balancing friends, growing our personal life. So let's talk a little bit more about that. So when we first met, I remember you were telling me that you'd gone through some changes. You had just, I guess like you hadn't just turned 30. Do you mind me saying your age? No, it's fine. Because I mind people saying my age. So (laughs) I mean, I don't need, I don't need everyone to know that I'm 25 because it makes them insecure. You know what I mean? I can understand. It does. Yeah. Because they're like, oh gosh,
4: I'm barely hanging in there. So.
1: It's tough. It's tough, so good. Thanks for being yeah, sympathetic to that. Now, that said, you are over 30.
4: I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not so sure I'm comfortable with that. But <laughs> you're 32.
1: Yeah, so, I'm and over 30. so when we first met, I mean, you were telling me that like 30 kind of was a pivotal moment for you with some of your decision making, I think you were
4: Yeah, saying? 30, 31. Okay. It was, especially because that was in the middle of, that was the pandemic. Yeah. You know, that's when everything hit. I'm not the only one that dealt with it, but there was a big identity crisis that happened Mm -hmm. in the pandemic for a lot of musicians and people in the industry Sure, because it was like our legs were swept out from under us. We had worked in our job uh, for so long. We had created, we got the ball rolling. Yeah. We had work coming in and then all of a sudden it was just like nothing. The momentum. The momentum was just, just stopped. So yeah,
1: I think a lot of people can relate to that because, you know, whether it was in music alone you know a lot of us are building momentum every single day you know so we all kind of think we're building towards something and the pandemic really yanked the rug out from under us and we're kind of like do i have to start over and i'm sure it's so much worse for performers i mean i can't even imagine what it was like i wasn't in la i was in atlanta at the time Mm -hmm. but i couldn't imagine being here trying to deal with all of that like yeah and it
4: was it was tough you know, just trying to figure out who we were. And it was like, because, you know, a large part of our identity was we are a working musician. Ooh, that let's is,
1: talk about that. That is, that a is part a of thing. the identity. Yes, that's a thing. What, the working part or the musician part?
4: The working part is, it's different than just being a musician because mm. you can be a musician just playing guitar in your room and then you sure. go do your nine to five, whatever. But if you're sure. a working, successful musician, yeah. that's what you're doing as a living. That is a whole other part of your identity.
1: Sure, sure. And
4: so when that gets taken away from you, you're like, kind uh, of who am I? like yeah, Kind of thing, you know, sure. and, and a lot of people strayed from the music industry in the middle of that and had to kind of re-identify who they were and like what that meant for their careers and what that meant for their lives. Sure. And oh, my gosh. Lifestyles.
1: You are saying a mouthful right so now. So it was, I mean, it was oh my a lot. God. Yeah, no, a lot. And I think what's great about that is, you know, we're talking about how that applied to your career and to your identity and all that but I think moms or anyone who's listening to this right now we can really relate to that too that you know big changes in our life whether it's having a kid or or starting to stay at home more or switching your career starting your first business whatever it is all of a sudden you really start questioning yourself where you're saying who am I you know, how do I show up in this world? How do I want to show up in this world? Or am I just the label that I've been living? Right. So knowing that that's the case, I guess the question I have for you is how did friends play a role in this? Because the pandemic kind of pulled us apart. But I think that a lot of us tried to stay close. I have my squad. You guys heard me talk about that earlier. My squad got me through We used to see each other every quarter and we would spend time and reconnect. So we had to switch to like Zoom calls and things like that. It's not the same, but, you know, we did everything we could to maintain that relationship. So I mean is that what you re- were musicians zooming like what were you what were you guys doing
4: <laughs> I mean we were doing whatever we could we were zooming yeah. or you know some people just
1: met up, just
4: met up anyway yeah I'm and, sure yeah care, I you know, know what for I mean? sure, for sure. um I know everybody kind of had their their pod that were mm-hmm. like, okay, we are the ones hanging out as long as it's just us. Yeah. Then, yeah. and we're good so far, then right. we're going to assume that we will continue to be good. Right. Um, like we're you know, going to
1: collectively make good choices together. Yeah. You know, or, so or at least
4: try because nobody right. had all the information sure. and we're like, we're just going to do what feels best for yeah, us. Yeah, sure. So.
1: So tell me more about that then. Your, yeah, your so, pod, yeah right? so
4: because we had to re-identify everything in our lives yeah. because um, of the lockdown and because of the pandemic, everything, we had to be much more intentional about where we spent our time
0: mm-hmm.
4: and where we spent our energy. And that crazy time, like that was uh, very important to put your energy in the right places.
1: Okay, so let's talk about that shift then. So basically what you're telling me is that when the pandemic came around, you started really focusing on where you were putting your time and energy, because honestly, I don't know about you. And but everyone who follows me on social, or if you guys have like watched my show, you know, I am always buzzing. I am always I have a new project or something new that I have going on. And so because of that, I'm go, go, go. And the pandemic for me was a a real slow down, you know, like Mm -hmm. what really matters to you? What do you want to, because once we reentered the world, it was like, what do you want to keep and what do you want to leave behind? Right. Because everything was taken essentially. Right. So are you saying that that was some of the focus that you had was just kind of, I really have to choose where I'm going to be. And was that kind of turning into the people as well?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I had, yeah, I had to refocus where I wanted to be in my career, in my being a musician and my identity, but I also with my friends and the people that I surround myself with, I had to reevaluate what was important to me, what kind of energy I wanted to keep around me. And so it was it was a thing, you know, sometimes you look at the people around you a little bit differently when you're going through these things
1: and you're like, well, let's okay. Let's talk about that. Let's not so, say so surface. So like if it's a situation, because I think that a lot of us can relate to this, you know, a lot of us are older now, you know, maybe we have families or at least we have, you know, jobs that we're committed to. Our time matters a lot. A lot. So, you know, we do care what we do with it. And I think, I don't know about you, but for me, I found myself just kind of putting friends on a back burner, you know, or having surface friends as I kind of call them, which is, you know, I got a lot of people, but I don't have much depth there right? because that was easier. If you don't have depth, you don't have to commit, you know, like, and you don't have to be there necessarily doing all the times, but you're, there's always guaranteed to be someone around. Right. So, for me, at least, coming out of the pandemic, I was like, you know what, quality over quantity. Right. So tell me more about and that. So
4: yeah, so it was two. It was two sides for me. It was on one hand, I had my friends that I had grown up with that I have a fierce loyalty for.
1: Okay. Do you have a lot of those? Um, like or? no,
4: there's a there's a select few. You know, friends that I've been friends with for over twenty years.
1: Oh, wow. That. that says a lot. One of my good friends, Lovie Ajayi-Jones, she's a New York Times bestseller. If you guys haven't read her book, I'm judging you. You should get it. Um, She also has her second book out, Professional Troublemaker, and I'm on her podcast. So definitely listen to that as well. But Lovey talks about how if you don't have friends that you've known for like more than 15 years, you need to question the type of person you are. You know what I mean? <laughs> Once you hit like over 30, you shouldn't have a rotating cast of characters where it's like, oh, yeah, all my friends are like a year or two. You yeah, know what right, I mean? Right. Because You should, you know, I think as an adult, one of the character traits is keeping people.
4: Yeah, that's a weird thing because you get so comfortable with what you have. And it's great to have long term Mm. friends as long as you're growing together and moving towards the same direction. Sometimes in my like in my situation, I had a friend where maybe, you know, we had been friends for over 20 years, but we were just hanging on to what we had you know, just because sure. it was there, just because we were used to it. Because we had history. Because we had history. So not this necessarily is an interesting that interesting take. Yeah. Not necessarily that it was just something that I needed around me mm-hmm. or wanted mm-hmm. around me, but it was there. It was comfortable, it was familiar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it took a while to realize that like, you know, maybe this isn't the best thing for me.
1: Wow. Um, wow. So wait, before we dive into that, because yeah. that sounds like I don't <sighs> know about y'all if, if this sounds like some tea a little bit. So <laughs> like I want to hear what's going on here. No, because I mean, anytime you have a breakup of A lot of years, whether it is a marriage or a business or a career or a friendship, there's something behind it. So before I dive into that, I think what I'm hearing that's interesting is I just finished talking about how it's so important that you have friends that are long term. But what you're saying is, you know, not all things just because they've been there are good for you. And it's important to also evaluate whatever that relationship is, if it's still bringing value to you and if you need to retain it. So I know that we're about to talk about the breakup, right? Because obviously there's a friend breakup. And we don't talk enough about how painful friend breakups are. You know what I mean? Like, I think that we spend a lot of time talking about relationship breakups, marital breakups, even career and business breakups, you know, but... We don't talk enough about how when you have a friendship of 20, 30 years and there's a falling out, which is usually what happens, but it sounds like that's not what this was. It sounds like this was more of an intentional decision per se, yeah. which is, honestly, there probably should be more of these breakups. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the reality. So before that, let's talk about the thing before the thing. Because before there's a breakup, there's usually either a series of events that kind of indicate something needs to change or there's a major transformation or mindset change. And that's what I want to hear and hopefully inspire. If anyone is listening right now and saying to themselves, do I have someone in my life that may need to transition out for my growth? What was happening within you, you know, that said that you needed to make change?
4: (laughs) It's funny. So like I said, I had a fierce loyalty towards my friend's growing up Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people in the industry that i would be on gigs and rehearsals with and stuff that i would see around town for years but never formed actual relationships with these people because
1: So what was that like? Just got kind of like, oh hey, catch like, up hey, a little what's up? bit. Right.
4: You know, I'm the next one.
1: Oh, well, you know but, what but I mean? that's also like, very LA. Like I had to learn to adjust LA. because I'm from the South, you know? Uh-huh. And so you meet someone and like they're at Thanksgiving dinner. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. even like just like meeting you, I was like, Oh, I should have you on my podcast. <laughs> Everything you're saying is so great. Like people would love you, you know, like um I love your work that you're doing, all that. But like I learned in LA, you can say that. That doesn't mean anything. Like people right. won't follow up. <laughs> well, this is
4: well, this is one of the things that I've worked on through the years is okay. following up, Sure. following sure, through, sure. catching up with people, like maintaining relationships with new people. And I was kind of with the mentality of you know no new friends. Ooh, you know team what no I mean. I was team no new friends in there, and so I was there for a long time, and I didn't form new relationships or and meaningful relationships with people that I actually thought were good people. I thought they were talented, they had good energy. Like these are people that now I'm actively. I guess, trying to pick up the pieces, make up for lost time almost sure. like leaning in, but with intentionality. leaning in, leaning with yeah. intentionality, because I realize that these are people that will and can add uh, value to my life.
1: But to to make space for these people, because our, our time is limited. And our I think time is limited, what's yes. great about and why you're such a great fit for this chat is just because as a musician, like I can't a working musician. Also, let me clarify that it doesn't matter. <laughs> it does matter, you know, as a working musician and a freelancer, you know, and, and your own boss, you know, you're an entrepreneur in many different ways, you know, our time matters so much because our time literally is money. If we right. don't put up the time, if we don't show up, including with these relationships, we don't get paid. Right. So knowing that that's the case, you know, if we're going to invite new people into our life and say we're going to dedicate time to them, it's almost like, hey, I'm going to give up money to be around you, you know, so potentially. Yeah. And you
4: know? so and so with that mindset, you have to realize, you know, who is worth that time and mm-hmm. who isn't. And who isn't. Simply. Right. So if you that's like ca-
1: and people feel weird about that, you're saying it very casually. People feel weird saying that. So y'all, I'm telling you right now, lean in and understand that like you may have to say, look, some people are not worth my time. And that's hard to say. It feels icky. I feel gross saying it. Like, it's it's a hard you know I mean? it's a hard
4: pill to swallow mm-hmm. and especially to like to realize it and then to put that into action.
1: So is that what happened first before you were like when you were starting to evaluate even these long term relationships? You were like, what is my time worth? Like, what am I worth? It was a question yeah, about your sure. worth. For sure. It's
4: the same. It, it's a conversation about, you know, what do you deserve? Mm, you know what I mean? Lean um, on that. Mm. You know what I mean? Do you deserve to be surrounded by... There was a thing where I was around musicians that were I thought were so talented and I thought mm-hmm. were so just incredible that I wasn't even in the same league. And I just had this voice that I wasn't there. Enough? I wasn't good enough to even be in their space. Wow. You know, or even to maintain a friendship with them because I didn't think I was in the same league. And And then wow. it's funny, I come to realize later, the more confident I become and maybe my musicianship has changed. Maybe it hasn't. But just being open to the idea of being around them and that I do deserve to be in the same space as them. And then it's funny because then I do feel the more the connection with them. This and then, is
1: really big. So what you're telling me essentially is that by believing more in your worth around being in spaces of talent, you are finding yourself, one, attracting more talented people, And then two, getting better yourself.
4: Getting better myself. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Absolutely. So that's
1: the value of friends right there. I mean, like we hear it all the time. You are the company you keep, you know, you're the sum of your five closest friends. And
4: then not even that, just once I told myself that I am deserving and that I am qualified to be in these people's space. Yes. That, uh, you know, doors have been opening for me. I've been more productive in my life. I've been feeling better about the people I have around in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, When you say
1: doors are opening for you, are you saying that you're also finding yourself getting like, I mean, with these transitions in friends, which means that, like, again, your people that you're around you, like, you give energy and you get energy. So you're saying with like shifting of some of this energy and having certain people in your space, you're finding yourself doing and being and engaging in opportunities that either A, making you more money, B, getting you more visibility. All of it. All of that. Like, automatically, <laughs> you're saying that's definitely happening.
4: Absolutely. There's a correlation. There is a, wow. there is a wow. like an absolute correlation between the friends and the company you keep and your career and your personal success and all that stuff because like, you know, just telling yourself that you're deserving to be in these people's space, mm-hmm. convincing yourself that you are good enough mm-hmm. Even just to be in their space, mm-hmm. then it convinces you that you are good enough to. In general. Just in general. And then in that confidence, wow. it translates to the work that you do. It translates to the focus and discipline sure. that you have. Sure. You know? So,
1: well, so I'm going to, you know, be candid. For those of you guys who are listening, you can tell Alex is a good looking young man. You know what I mean? You're a mm-hmm. good looking fellow. I mean, it's the industry. Every, <laughs> everyone's good looking in LA, y'all. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. everyone's, it makes me feel good walking around. I'm like, by default, I swear, I might be like a seven in atlanta but you come to la you get in a room full of good-looking people you go up in a number or two so you get hit an eight. you know what i mean it's <laughs> nice so so i say all that to say have you found um and i've talked a lot both here there are a couple episodes i talked about my uh like health journey like i had to lose i lost a bunch of weight but i dealt with some health scares and things like that have you found that some of these transitions and choices around your worth you know that's changed the space you're in has that changed you personally like in terms of how you take care of yourself or how you feel about like your appearance or anything like that. Because
4: Oh, for you sure. Know? Yeah. I mean, I grew up, I was I was bullied for years. Oh wow. Um I I mean
1: you play trombone, buddy. So I mean I was not
4: I was not <laughs> helping my cause. I'm <laughs> telling you. <laughs> I was not I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I get it. I was I'm not a band nerd, a little overweight, had skin issue. Oh, you know what no. I mean? It was just <laughs> It was it was what it was.
1: I just love it. If there are any kiddos listening with their mamas right now, I want you to hear this that Whatever you're dealing with right now, whether it is skin issues or feeling uncomfortable or like you don't fit in, Auntie Nicole's telling you right now, you could be a cool kid and a working musician in LA someday. So stick it out. <laughs> but stick more it importantly, a
4: working trombone
1: player. A working trombone player. Leaning on the trombone. The mamas right now are going to send me mean messages like, please, I do not want to hear trombone being practiced in my house right now. Please do not encourage this. Like, next week it's going to be a drummer. Like, I don't need that energy. The mamas <laughs> right now are not here for it. No. But no, so I understand. So what you're saying is like friends have really transitioned that. So yeah. The big thing for you was once you started realizing, because I really want to chart out this course so people can understand. Okay. It started with, I realized my worth. I started really saying to myself, what do I want in my future? Yeah. What do I deserve right. in my future? And really leaning in on that belief, but then putting people around you and removing the people that didn't support that idea. Yeah. Ouch. That's not easy. That's not it's easy. It's not
4: easy. And it was something it took. Years to do. Wow, and it's somewhat of a recent revelation for me. Like it's something. Wow, that,
1: like when you look back on it now, you understand better the, the moves you made.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. It's, I mean I'm sort of mad at myself that it took so long, but you know you have hope in people. Yeah, everything um, happens at the right time. And you though. and you everything happens at the right time and for a reason and all that. I truly believe. But like, not that I wish I had done it sooner because I think everything happened in the appropriate time in the sure. time that it was meant to.
1: Sure.
4: But um.
1: So let's talk about the breakup. The breakup. <laughs> I was gonna let lean on this tea. Because everyone's was saying, like, so what happened? Yeah. So I guess the question that I want to know then is let's use an example because i imagine you've shifted more than one person out of your life you know like even if someone isn't completely out of your life maybe you're choosing to spend less time there or you're not in scenarios like if you had a friend who maybe was and i think a lot of us mamas can relate to this like our going out friend you know where all they want to do is go out every single night or they want to all they want to do is gossip and you're just like girl i can't you know what i mean like we may still be friends i may still invite you to things here and there but i'm just not hanging out on your terms so i'm sure you have those people but People right now are hearing you and they're saying, okay, this all sounds good and great, but how? They've been around for 20 years and my kids know them, you know, they're part of my life. How do I shift to just not talking to this person?
4: Well, I straight up told him
1: Oh, you're thinking of one person specifically. I think of general. Okay. I think of a person specifically. I appreciate you being that candidate. In this
4: in this scenario, yeah. So with this person specifically, Mm -hmm. I said he was engaging in um
1: harmful behavior and harmful behavior or, okay.
4: that was a repetitive pattern that was something that i didn't think added value to my life it was something that i couldn't just stand around and watch happen, happen. Sure. you know we've we've had talks i've tried we've tried to figure out all the options to help them through certain so you're scenarios. saying
1: that you kind of gave them a shot at change i first. gave them a
4: shot at change okay. i told them what my concerns were then nothing changed and i said you know what we straight up cannot be friends until you come to me and tell me that there are concrete steps being taken to remedy this situation.
1: Ooh, that is not easy. I mean, because what you're talking about is you drew a firm boundary. I drew a
4: firm, firm boundary. I am a, yeah. I am a straight up person. I don't like to beat around the bush yeah. because you just can't. Yeah. You know, so I had to draw that, that firm line in the sand and say, like, literally, we cannot be friends mm-hmm. until I see improvement in this behavior behavior that I'm seeing. And so when you come to me with that, then we can talk. Until then, we are not friends.
1: That's rough. And I got to say, for people who are listening right now, you know, there's some of us that come from the old school where it's just basically like family's family. And when you have a friend of 20 years, at that point, they're like family. You know, you've grown up together. And so you can't cancel family. I'm playing devil's advocate here because it's true. Some people are thinking this to themselves, like you're supposed to help them through the tough stuff or you're supposed sure. to whatever. And it sounds like you did a lot of Lord that. knows I tried. Oh, you know? yeah. Lord, Lord knows, knows I tried. tried. Right.
4: But, you know, at a certain point, they have to want to help themselves.
1: Ooh, that is at good. The end the,
4: at the end of the day, they have that to want to help themselves. You can't, mm-hmm. you know, they'll say you can't lead a horse to water and make them drink. Right.
1: You can't set yourself on you know, fire to keep them warm. Yeah. Ooh.
4: yeah, you can't. They have <laughs> yeah. to want to help themselves. Yeah. And I decided that I only want to be surrounded by people who want to help themselves, who right. want to improve and grow and move in these directions that I feel like I'm moving in.
1: Because mm-hmm. that impacted you.
4: Because it impacted me, I found myself. I realized there was a pattern with me. I was holding myself back my entire life for my friends. You know what I mean? Like it was little things, even. You know, like uh, like in middle school band, my band director wanted me move move me to the eighth grade band when I was like in sixth or seventh grade, and I stayed behind. Oh, because so you're be showing in band with my friends. So yeah, so because you I was turned
1: down an opportunity. You so were turning down, down opportunities to stay where you were to comfortable. stay with my
4: friends. Yeah. You know, I went to the high school they all went to just to be with my friends. And then in 10th grade was the first time I realized that I needed to do something for myself and I needed to stray from them. But I would still, I would still ditch school all the time. And, and I and I would go him. hang out with my
1: friends. Ooh, mom, if you're listening right now, if you share this with your mom, mom, if you're listening, he's sorry he used to skip school. He turned out okay. He's a working musician.
4: Now. Yeah, yeah. I play trombone. <laughs> so he plays for cool. everything. It's fine. <laughs> fine. <laughs> so.
1: But, you know, I mean, you're saying that honestly, it was a pattern that you basically had to intentionally when you were 30, which I just want to call out, first of all, bravo. Right. I didn't know that piece of it. You know, people realize that when you're set in your way for so long, you feel like you can't change. And
4: and that's what it was for me for a long time. I felt like I couldn't improve in my craft. I felt like I was stuck. Because I was stuck with my friends, I was stuck in this mindset. I couldn't improve Uh, in my craft because I was just stuck with what I have is what there is, and that's all I know, and that's what it is.
1: Oh, pause on that for a (laughs) moment. How many of you are saying to yourself today that you are stuck, that you are stuck in your definition as a mom, that you are stuck in your place in your company or your career, or that you're stuck in your marriage, or that you're stuck in your weight or your body that you're in right now that you don't love. I want you to hear today that even the behaviors that first started showing up in middle school have the ability to transition and change if you decide that you deserve. So, so good. So I want to talk about the end of this. So obviously he took it very well, changed his whole life up, became a whole new person. And you guys now have an amazing and incredible friendship, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) It wouldn't be a good episode if we didn't tell the truth. So the Uh, truth is these conversations don't always go well, you know? Yeah, the truth is he
4: understood. We haven't really spoken. And uh, as far as I know, a lot of those behaviors haven't changed.
1: Wow. So, I mean, the relationship essentially expired. It expired until further notice. Yeah. And are you still open? Are you saying? Of course. I, I mean, that's kind of you. I mean, I know that I'm, you know, bless people's hearts. I'm from the South. Bless their hearts. But, you know, ultimately... Uh, once that milk's gone bad, I'm pouring it down the drain. You know what I mean? I'm recycling the carton. So it's mm. over, you know, right. um, just because time and effort and also leaving space open. Right. But and I feel like I I'm not
4: necessarily this. pouring it down the drain. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm just putting it in a separate jar and I'm putting it in a cupboard. cupboard. Oh, it, get get <laughs> no. it might get a little stinky, <laughs> but it's still going to be there.
1: Okay. I think that's sweet. I think it's good.
4: It's still there and it's I'm still open to drinking that stinky milk. Oh, that's
1: good (laughs) of you. For my faith-based listeners, listen, look at how good of a heart (laughs) this one has. Oh my gosh. You know, so it's
4: always there, but I need to know, I need to know that things have things are improving or things are improving before I'm even open to, you know, opening that cupboard again. Of course. And then
1: so let's talk about what your life looks like now that you've made some of these changes. And and are you carrying this perspective of That was difficult. I know that was hard to do. You know, anytime you terminate anything, I mean, I've gone through relationship changes and, you know, it's difficult, you know, watching things either evolve because that happens. Like me and my kid sister, you know, we've had to evolve in our relationship, you know, from one where I was almost maternal to her, you know, and Mm -hmm. took care of her to recognizing, look, she is an adult and I got to let her live, you know? And, you know, I marital changes, like I've had to go through so much there, you know, and there've been a lot of transitions. So it's just... It's not easy. Right. I know that I'm better on the other side, but it can be so hard when you're in it to think that's really going to happen. Right. When I met you and you were telling me about this, you know, it was actually kind of a lot for you to tell me like right out of the gate. You know, I was just <laughs> like, but I'm not. People tell me stuff like they just, just got that no, face. I know I, I, I can tell you life. stuff.
4: You know what I mean? A couple I drinks, I'm like, about to tell you my whole life, story. whole
1: life story. <laughs> of my life i always joke everyone here who's listening they all know i'm like i'm your internet bestie and the thing is because i love it like i care i'm like oh friend tell me more tell me more about that oh i care you know right exactly you're like you draw it out because i do because i I always like i just you know i'm like let me stand in this space with you let me hold this space so But that said, you told me all about it, but I think you were kind of still in the thick of it at that point. Or yeah, maybe it yeah, I recent. was. It was like
4: very fresh. Yeah, It was, it was fresh. Like literally yeah. days fresh. Okay. When oh, we, I didn't know it was days. It was oh, my fresh. gosh.
1: OK, so it was fresh. <laughs> so I could see the like angst in you, you know, mm-hmm. about it. But it was part of why I said, oh, my gosh, we got to talk about it because yeah. you're so. But now that there's some space between then and now, I mean, are you seeing fruits from it or was it? Yeah, was absolutely. It worth it, I've or? gone.
4: I've been much more proactive about making friends outside of my original friend group. You and are know? you picking
1: different types of friends? Now different, you know all you know? different
4: types of friends. Okay. I got friends I meet up with and, you know, play trombone quartet music with. And we play Catan and then Mario Kart, oh, you know. No. And then I've got my lunch buddy friends, sure, you know what sure. I mean. And then I've just got, like, friends I can call for all different kinds of things. Yeah. And it's, you know, and because of those, I mean, I've gotten gig opportunities. Um, so it's translating
1: into other areas. It's
4: translating into other areas of my life. Like I'm getting work out of it just because yeah. I'm creating more of a solid uh, network. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, again, I will say it's important that I'm not just trying to make friends for work purposes. Of course. No, you're only, basing it
1: on legitimate relations.
4: only spending time with people right. that I, I like spending time with, mm-hmm. you know, and if that translates to work and it has, mm-hmm. and, you know, like that's great. Yeah. That's great, but that's not the main focus. Of course. You know what I mean? Like, I just like being surrounded by talented people, people who work hard, people who are like-minded, like myself. Yeah. And in my original friend group, I'm the only musician, I'm the only one in this Kind space. of space. Right. So it's really nice to lately have been surrounding myself with more people in a similar space. And we have mm-hmm. a lot more in common in that so way. So they're supporting
0: where you want to so go. So they're supporting not just where, where you I were. want to go. That's yeah. So good.
1: And I hope everyone's hearing that also. Cause I mean, I, I think a struggle, a lot of my listeners are people like me. They're like moms, you know, that type of life, you know. And a lot of them are like, it's hard to make friends, you know, like you spent your whole life being dedicated to like you, your craft, you know, or like just busy. But I'm hearing that you make time for it you know
4: and it's something I'm trying to do more yeah. and more all the time what does that look
1: like is it like just I mean you know you gotta eat lunch so you just bring them to the lunch or is it like how are you integrating these people into your life
4: it's things like you know sometimes people have like a game night once a week or sometimes um you grab a beer after a rehearsal or mm-hmm. you know just making time when you can because everyone's busy right so, so just
1: folding it into or, your regular or life.
4: even just Trying to make plans, putting the effort out. Sure. You know, sometimes it doesn't work out because people are busy. Sure, but as long as like you know, you're trying and people sure. see it. Sure, you know, I think that goes such a long way. I love that. You know? I know that
1: one of the things that I always talk about is how I feel guilt. You know, about working so hard. You know, as a mom, and like, am I making enough time for my kids? And you know, how do I balance it all? And how do I make time for friends? And like, one of the things that I started doing was uh, much like what you're saying here is instead of putting so much weight around having a dedicated fancy lunch or meet up for dinner, which can be hard to match up with. I'll say like, you know what? This is going to be a mommy daughter date and we are going grocery shopping together. Do you know what I mean? Right. And like, and while we're pushing through the aisles, you are telling me all about what's going on at school or what's going on with your life. And I realized I could do that with a friend. Right. You know, I literally can say like, look, I'm going to go get my nails done anyways. Why don't you come with me and we'll catch up? You know, I'm it's... going for a walk. Why don't we just go on a walk together? Yeah, right. I'm
4: yeah. gonna walk my dog. You know, right. come, come, with, come, me. With, come with me. Yeah, so, let's just walk. You know, anything, just finding mm-hmm. any time at all, I think is, is meaningful, Yeah, you know, and just putting out the effort. I think that's the biggest part is putting out the effort. Oh, this it,
1: is so good. You
4: know, mm-hmm. like just, just trying because people, especially after the pandemic, everyone is in this space of, they got real comfortable chilling at home. Yes.
1: And we you, need to like get back out there and connect, but we get back out there and
4: connect with intentionality. Exactly. And I, I love that. Better. I
1: think if there's anything that I've taken away most from this conversation, it's intentionality. It's the fact that the entire intention of any relationship that we have here has got to be that we are looking for something meaningful, that we are looking at the purpose, and there's nothing wrong with at any point you are in your life, whether it's middle school or or coming out of college or in your 30s, to look back and say, okay, I am really reflecting on who's around me, how they're influencing me, and maybe they don't get to stay because I'm worth you know, right? You're giving out good stuff, right? So you're worth having the best people around you.
4: Exactly. I mean, like having somebody around you that you can learn something from. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can look at each one of the friends that I have and say, "Oh, he really makes me think about this perspective," or "He makes That's me learn awesome. about this." I can actually name it and say, "He makes me." She makes me think about this, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. then if I look at somebody and say like this person.
3: Why are they here?
4: Why are they here? Why are you
1: here? Why are you even in the why room right are now? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> why, you know what I mean? What are they teaching me? No, what sure, can I learn from sure.
4: you? And if the answer is nothing, mm-hmm. you know. It says a then, lot. And then, then that's a one. And I know that I'm teaching them. It's a one-sided relationship. Yeah. And, that's, and that's not something that you want to keep.
1: <sighs> that is so good and so heavy. So if there is one thing that you think you would leave people with that you've learned about the value of friendships and how they can change you when you decide what you deserve, what would that be? Oh,
4: I would say just be confident in yourself. Mm. I think being able to make friendships and be successful with your, whatever business you're doing, it starts with being comfortable and, you know, competent with yourself.
1: Yeah, that's good.
4: I think that translates to everything else.
1: And we're working on that every single Day. Oh my gosh. Alex, this is such a good chat. So many valuable insights. I know I'm gonna listen to this one more than once to take down notes and I hate to say it, friends who are listening and keeping up with my content. I'm gonna be evaluating you and I'm gonna be thinking, what do you bring to my life? So now is (laughs) a great time to Venmo me some money. Check check. nope. That's right.
0: (laughs) Text me some compliments,
1: you know, if you're trying to stay on that list. So now is a good time as any. Um, but no that's so so good thank you Alex so much for being here where can people yeah, listen to your tunes like you have played with some cool people right like yeah. ha- is there like have we heard anything that you've done recently or is there anyone that like not recently but anything that you've ever done like have you done any cool stuff that we might have heard of or um
4: sure I mean I've recorded on uh, I've recorded for Jill Scott oh that's um, cool yeah on her single closure um yeah. I just did a for a Megan Trainor track. That's awesome. Um, yeah, oh I, played, I played with uh, Leslie Odom Jr. on the Kelly Clarkson show. That's fancy. So oh, my gosh. Just, you know, it's just kind of all over the place. And then like reggae scene played the Tribal Seeds and oh, Big cool. Gigantic in the EDM world. And oh, so, my
1: gosh. Um,
4: it's just kind of all over the place. My musical ADD. I yeah, you, all, like, of it's kind of all, all over the place. But you're a
1: working musician. That's what counts. Well, cool. Well, people <laughs> <go>. will uh, <laughs> look you up on the Internet. They'll keep up with all your good stuff. Alex, thank you so much for being here. And um, I'll have all your deets in the show notes so that people can click around. All right, and amazing. I'll just keep up with you and do you have like a what do the kids call it a Spotify one of those a Spotify We can listen to your t- or a SoundCloud is that yeah, what it is I have a, I
4: have a SoundCloud okay. or my Instagram mostly on Instagram great. perfect um, it's just Alex underscore my last name which is Chillog with
1: C-S-I like the show oh god L-L-A-G yeah. perfect I will have all that in the show notes so that you guys are able to keep up and click around and not worry about spelling because I know you're all in transit moving it's, doing <laughs> mom things yeah. but Alex thank you so much for being here you're Thanks incredible this was great another great chat. I love spending time together. Now I need you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review because I love hearing from you. And then come hang out with me on Instagram at Nicole Walters. I'll be back here next week and I hope you are too. See you there, friend.